What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. friends and welcome to the papaya podcast i'm your hostess trying her mostest sarah nicole and each week i'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that so get ready to get inspired get candid get real because we are all in this digital space together Welcome back. We have a double guesting on today because we're bringing on the Women on Top podcast girls. Please welcome Tamin and Roxy. We literally just had a conversation about all the different sex positions that you can have when you're pregnant. Man, like, oh, I say that and all of a sudden you guys go quiet and it's like, oh, right. (laughs) Depends on like what term pregnancy like the first term you're gonna vomit so you should probably be on your side in case you throw <laughs> up the second you look so hot because you're just in that second glowing so like you should be on top or like whatever and by the end of it you're just like how do I not kill him because I'm so heavy and I like squash him so you're just if he dies he dies your legs a little weird yeah, it takes a bit of acrobatics because you're like also working with a beach ball it's almost like a three-way because you've got the beach ball <laughs> the partner and where did dimples come from, guys? Uh, uh, that's a good joke. What? <laughs> when we started this, I was like, guys, this, we're just going to do like whatever. Let's just have fun. They're like, oh, it's going to be a shit show. And I'm like, well, that's a great intro. So tell everyone who the heck you are and how you came to be doing this podcast together. I actually don't know this story, so I'm super stoked. So whoever wants to go first, introduce yourselves, what you do, and you know a little bit about your podcast. I'm Tamin Sursok. I'm 
first and foremost, an actor. Uh, I started in this business when I was 15 years old on a show called Home and Away in Australia. By the time I was 21, I released a couple of albums. I was a roadie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the name of my album was just Tamman, like Madonna or Sure. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even need a second name. There's only one Tamman parents made up when they were drunk on their honeymoon. Um, so at 21, I came to the States. I was like, I was done with that show because I was like, ah, I'm going to be so successful here and no one gave a shit. And I had to start Aww. completely over at 21 with four suitcases and, and nothing because all my money was tied up in property in Australia. So my parents were like, we're cutting you off. You have to like make it. And I was like, I remember going to church and falling. And I don't even know what I, I feel that there's a spirit or a God or something guiding us. So I remember going to church just going, please give me a job. And the next week I booked three jobs. One was Young and the Restless. One was uh, a Rules of Engagement and one where I met my husband. So God or the universe was definitely listening. This is the moment where I let you know that I found you from Young and Restless oh, and not Pretty Little Liars. Young and the Restless. And when I found out, like I remember going upstairs and I was like, oh, they're going to make my storyline so much bigger. And I remember getting there and they're like, well, there's this great storyline and you're running away from this crazy guy and he throws you in the in the lake and you start swimming. And I was like, yeah, this is my day. And then we're going to make this huge fish tank for you and you're going to fall into the fish tank. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then he goes, and then you die. And I just want to let you know that we've really loved having you on the show, but like that's the end of the road for you. I just love that. Like most people know you because they're like, Oh, from pretty little liars. It's yeah. like, no, from Y and R like, geez, yeah, like, where did you grow up? So I'll be Victor really Newman, hello. Yet, like some of the mic, but, um, so yeah, so I finished that and then, uh, was on, uh, Hannah Montana with Miley Cyrus played her brother's uh, girlfriend and then Pretty Little Liars. And from then, I started a blog. Um, obviously, I do a lot like you do on social about body confidence mm-hmm. and talking about mom guilt and mom stuff and mental health, anxiety, depression. That's like a, a, my, a big connection to my fans is through all my social channels. Um, and then then I remember meeting Roxy two years, about two years ago. Our daughters are in the same school. And I was like, who's that girl? She's the only person that I feel I can finish my sentences and gets my sick sense of humor. And if I say woman on, she'll be like the top of the bottom. Um, so I was like, she's my girl. And uh, that was the genesis of this podcast. And and that was it. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. I'm going to manifest that for myself that I'm going to meet somebody in my future child's like you know what though? Everyone has that. Whenever anybody talks about like how they meet a friend, like a lot of times it's like weirdly cosmic and it's not by like these natural causes. And they come like, I think a lot of us romanticize this idea of like meeting a kid and woman in the kindergarten. And then they're best. They're like our best friends for 30 years. And realistically, like most friends come in chapters, like they come in chapters and in and out. And I kind of love that you guys met at a bit of a different stage. And now you're like in this chapter together. So Roxy, give us your goods. Like, I mean, not, it, I don't, yeah, it was ooh, it was cosmic. That's us, asking a lot, right? It was like <laughs> love at first sight. We just started talking. It's and, first sight. Yeah. Roxy. <laughs> and as Tam said, we both have pretty sick sense of sense of humor, so that works out well. But for me, my sort of genesis, uh, professionally at least, was that I started out. Um, I worked in political fundraising and entertainment marketing back in the day after graduation wow. from university. 
And okay. ended up sort of making a real career change because, um, you know, I'd always wanted to work in media and I didn't quite know how to get there. I ended up going to the Sundance Film Festival probably about 10, 15 years ago. And I met somebody who ran sort of one of the uh, networks there and they were looking for a female co-host for the red carpet. And what do they say? Fake it till you make it. Um, I chatted yeah. the guy up, <laughs> chatting, chatting, chatting about a couple hours into the conversation. He said, you know what? Have you ever done, you know, hosting? Have you ever done interviews? And I was like, of course I have, you know. So he goes, great. He's like, how about if you meet me tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at the Eccles Theater, downtown Main Street, you know, during the festival, and you'll get on the carpet and do your thing. I was like, fantastic. So I like get there. I'm like, oh God. I'm like, what am I walking into? What am I doing? I get there. He hands me the microphone and he goes, there's your first interview. And he like pushes me off and he, and it was Pierce Brosnan, like in the middle of like oh. James Bond, like frenzy, you know? And I'm like, Whew. okay. I'm like, so, hey, Pierce, what's <laughs> up? You know, so, and it, you know, at a place like that, it's very concentrated because of all the yes. that are premiering with yes. stars. So it was like one after the other, Mark Ruffalo, Peter Krause, like just one after the other came. And so it was like trial by fire. Like I was literally thrown into it, but that lust of like doing it and just loving it. I was like, I have to do this. I have to do this. So I went back home, you know, kind of like honed my skills, started working for different outlets, doing red carpet. And I ended up launching my website, which is redcarpetroxy.com in 2009. And, um, you know, I basically said to myself, you know, I'm doing it for all these other people. Why don't I do something for myself? Like make a space Mm -hmm. where I have control, right? And like, can, can control everything and, and do the content. And so I started it then and just have, you know, kind of worked my way up and, and, and done the thing and hustled and, you know, all the things that go along with that. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how the, the whole, how you met me, Roxy. And, yes, of course. And, our, and, Tim and, Cam uh, and it was funny because like in the back <laughs> of my head, actually before I met Tim and I was like, so interesting. I want to meet this beautiful girl. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> Pretty Little Liars. I'm like, that Jenna Marshall. Walking around like Jenna. I know, Rocky. I know you're I obsessed know, with You know, you know. real. All of it. The shrine. Did you know who she was before you met her? What is so funny? This is, it, it's crazy because I feel like Pretty Little Liars would be right up my alley because I love like, yeah. you know, yeah. like the, 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 the murdering and the, like the crime, you know, all the things, all the dark stuff in it. I've never seen the show. So I'm like, lies, Roxy. I know. Don't you know lies. You know what <laughs> you do? I think this Halloween, I should dress up as you. On the show. Well, then I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Like I'm done. <laughs> you guys could do a swap. Yeah. That would be hilarious. You, be you can dress as each yes, other. You do the red carpet and I will be. Um, do you guys not realize that we're in lockdown? <laughs> it's going to no 2020. This is it, guys. This is as good as it gets. Let's take a pause from the show to hear from one of today's sponsors. I don't know about you, but hydration is one of those things that I feel like I'm constantly having to conquer. It seems like no matter what the symptom is that I'm dealing with in life, the first answer to everything is, are you getting enough water? But the fact is daily hydration occurs in about three out of four people. With liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated 
Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water, which means you don't actually have to worry as much and you have to take in less liquid than you normally would. Proper hydration is crucial for your immune system and can boost your immunity as well. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated, plus it's packed with potassium, vitamin C, and other vitamins known to help your body defend against infections. I am a huge fan of Liquid IV. I've actually made it part of my nightly routine. I find that I wake up with a little bit more energy. I'm definitely more hydrated. I'm not waking up in the night as much as well. It's just been such a huge part of my last few months, especially while being pregnant. It also just has given me a lot more energy and makes me worry a little bit less about having to stay hydrated more importantly than ever before. I personally love the lemon lime. There are other flavors as well, but the lemon lime is just, I don't know, it's so refreshing. Maybe it's because it's still warm outside and it feels like the right thing to have. But right now you can try liquid IV because one serving of liquid IV provides the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water alone. You're going to get those five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks because it has no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. It's made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. What makes Liquid IV so effective is their cellular transport technology. Its optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream. It's the perfect balance to help you hydrate more quickly and effectively than water alone. One stick of Liquid IV into 16 ounces of water, and there you go. You've got hydration that's just as much as two to three bottles of plain water. Liquid IV is also on a mission to change the world. They're donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. And Liquid IV is available nationwide in the U.S. at Costco and Target. You can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code papaya at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code papaya at liquidiv.com. So go ahead and get better hydration today. Liquidiv.com promo code papaya. Now let's get back to the show. I've been doing like these Zoom or not Zoom calls, these house party calls with my girlfriends and we do them like once a month and we dress up for them. And it's gotten so intense now that we've like, so we've already done, first we started with Tiger King and we all came out as like the different characters from Tiger King. Then we did like all the different Britney Spears. Then we did music icons, Disney princesses, Mm -hmm. and then Disney villains. Mm -hmm. So It's, I mean, we've had Halloween quite a few times around here. So, I mean, anytime you guys want to swap it up, you should just do it. You should just dress as each other. Yes. I started TikTok, which I never thought that I could actually love myself. How's it going? I started TikTok and they don't let any of my videos in. It's so great. Well, yeah, because, because of the, it's funny because I posted something recently on social media that caused quite a stir, which is the three of my girls uh, three of my girls, like I had another baby just in quarantine, two of my girls and me, and we are, we have no clothes on, but the stars over our butts, right? Right, right, right. Our backs. Now it caused a massive stir. It got picked up by the Daily Mail, E-Entertainment. Most people were positive. There was 90, 90%, I would say, were positive. But of course you focus on the 10%, like, you know, how could you do this? This is disgusting. So I wrote this whole 
response that was, you know, very lengthy about, and we, and you talk about this, about how I have been objectified my entire life by the hands of men and by the, by the media. And my, my value and confidence has been boiled down to clickbait titles. And I'm just like, I, I refuse to take down this picture and I refuse to let my confidence be about what other people think of me and how I'm raising my girls. And I can't get, I can't get the last 30 years back of my life where I had eating disorders and distorted mm-hmm, eating you were talking mm-hmm, about now mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't get that time back, but my girls can. Yeah. And I will yes, bolster absolutely. them with enough confidence that when people's opinions bathed in their own insecurities and bathed in their own hate will not affect my children and they will not affect hundred percent. Because it is, it's based in that bathed in their own their own insecurity that they don't love themselves. So they put that onto you. And that's I'm sure things that you've seen too. Hundred percent, but I think that's what's been hard for me with TikTok is like every time I try and post anything on there, it literally just flags me and takes it down for inappropriate content, and I'm like, I'm literally just in a bathing suit. Like it doesn't make sense to me. So I got a little frustrated. What's your TikTok journey been like? What have you been doing on there? I mean, I think for me, I've realized, and this is what Roxy and I were talking about, and it's, it's exactly what you speak to is if you're not authentic in any platform, people see you. They see you as fake, Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm a little bit of just a slapstick, slapstick funny type girl who doesn't take myself too seriously, who was like you, who made sure that I was yeah. a funny, yeah. overweight girl because I was, I was 200 pounds when I was uh, 14 years old. So I worked on that. And, you know, to go into TikTok and pretend that I have all the ideas on like how to, you know, how to make a my plants grow faster or, or what to wear. Like that's just not my thing. And it's not my journey. My journey is to try to entertain people and to make people feel special and fun and, 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 and enjoy the content. So for me, I've just had a blast about like, I've been in chicken suits. I've been in wigs. I've dressed up as men. <laughs> I've dressed up as like an old, old overweight lady. Like I just, I love the freedom it gives you to just, be authentic. And so you go to platforms like Facebook and everyone's fighting with each other and you go, huh, I think we need more freedom in our lives. We need more the ability to laugh at ourselves because we don't do that anymore. We don't laugh at ourselves. We critique ourselves and we don't ever enjoy the joy of life. And that's what I think we're missing a lot of these day and age is that joy. And I think TikTok provides that. Well, provides. I think you're right. Especially and I think moms. with each platform, yeah, yeah like, hundred. moms have totally so taken fun. over TikTok. And it's like- They've taken over. shouldn't we have fun? Like our kids can do it. Like whoever can do it. Like it's been really, especially in quarantine, it's almost been like a lifesaver. Cause it's like, because it's like, it's like kind of like that one, one of those things that you look forward to. You're like, well, I know I got TikTok, you know, like- I What else do you have to look forward to in quarantine? That's true. What I found though, I would be watching TikTok and then all of a sudden like music would come on and I'd be like in the car, like blinding lights would be the example. You're like driving in the car and then all of a sudden it's like, and you can't help. You're like, it's in me now. It's who I am. But I think each platform, like to Tamman's point, like Facebook is almost like a news delivery and like Mm -hmm. opinions. Mm -hmm. It's like the opinion section of the newspaper. And then it's like your friends. And so it's almost like the obituaries, the life updates and like the opinion section. 
And then I think Instagram's like the storytellers. I think that that's like, it's like the writers and the storytellers and the creatives of that. And I think you're right. I think TikTok is kind of entertainment. I think it's kind of like this weird bubble. And I've been watching, like my kids were on it since it was musically. So it was weird to suddenly, like when I first had it, I was like, well, I'm just on it to like watch my kids. Like I just want to like keep an eye on what they're doing. And then with quarantine, everything shifted. And I was like, Okay, but I kind of want I kind of want to do it. And I think a lot of us felt like we didn't have permission to do it because we weren't we were too old for it. Right, we were too that. Right, and, right. and I think it was a really good life lesson for a lot of people to be like, actually, we're allowed to do whatever the heck we want. Like you can do and be whatever you want. And TikTok is one of those platforms that's kind of like the fact is people can go viral for anything on there. That's the Literally best. anything. And I think that's why they do it. Yeah. I think they do that on purpose. So you have to create really good content. And the thing about it, which I didn't realize is there's so many great creators out there, but because of like, I think Instagram and the algorithm, you're sort of blocked by like how many followers mm-hmm. you have. The beauty yeah. about TikTok is if you do something that is entertaining or smart or captures a, a zeitgeist or a person and they start sharing it, everyone can find you. And I think that's what yes. we lost. Like, how do you, how do you connect to an audience when you can't get that exposure? And that's what Instagram, you don't really get that exposure unless you no, build, not anymore, unless no. you build it from the ground up. And that takes, took me 10 years. Years. Yeah. It's not an overnight thing, you know? Nothing is. I kind of love that. I kind of love, like, I think a lot of times when we look at stories like both of you and you have these big careers and everyone kind of forgets the roots of them. They forget these like beginning times. But now I think the one thing I found so entertaining about quarantine in the best way possible is it humanized everybody. Suddenly we're not watching people with their hair and makeup being done on television. They're literally in their like little setups that they just propped up and suddenly doing it. But as creatives, like you both work in this industry, you both work in entertainment, you're kind of used to a really wild, different style and pace of life. How has it been for each of you with your careers and with just your lifestyles suddenly being in lockdown? Because we just, you guys had just said in the other one, you went from kind of opening the doors of quarantine, you're both in California, now it's like stay at home again. You're back indoors. You're back, you're back in it. So what has it been for both of you career-wise and lifestyle-wise just navigating these like new times? For me, I know it's like shifted my entire career because before, you know, as I was saying, you know, in addition to the podcast, I'm also a red carpet host. So there's like no more events happening. So now I find that it's shifting more to social media. So we're doing like IG lives. I'm doing like, you know, interviews, doing giveaways, doing, trying to be creative, making all these other sort of avenues, because as of now, there's no more red carpet. I think they tried to do like a one, like socially distanced red carpet, but I'm like, who's going to really do that? No one's going to gather in a situation like that. But thank goodness, you know, we have this podcast, um, Women on Top, because that is connection. Tam and I have such a great time with it. We basically took what we do and just shifted a little bit as far as just, you know, recording remotely, but we're still talking, you know, those important issues, like the things that resonate with us and the things that connect us to our audience and, you know, to women. And so it's, it's just been being a little more creative, I find. And like with the TikTok thing too, it's like, you know, now there's this whole other avenue that like I would personally, I wasn't doing before quarantine, you know, that's really become like a fun, something else to look forward to, like another outlet. So it's like just kind of being even more creative essentially and really just shifting things, you know? I felt like my um, career 
is so in ebbs and flows. So it's interesting, yes. you know, people go, oh my gosh, my work has stopped. My husband and I have lived in the anxiety of never knowing when your next paycheck or your next job is going to happen. You might get killed off. So like, this is just a version of what we've already done for 15 years. Uh, we've been together for 13. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's, it's, it's scary because you don't know when things are going to open up, but I feel like personally it's been growth, but also I've had to really take a mirror and look at myself, um, more than usual because I am not being distracted by outside forces and I like some of the parts of myself and there's others that I don't. And Mm. I think it's hard to really shine a light at your issues and go, you know what? Like maybe I do feel like I, I play the victim sometimes or I'm, I blame cer- certain people for the situations that I'm in and maybe it's right. time to stop that. And maybe I do put my body under a microscope and don't like myself, which is exactly what you were talking about. Maybe I do need to shift my idea of what is a, the perfect body. And, you know, so it's, it's been a hard couple of months and especially the last couple of weeks where I've been feeling a little down because I get off on you know, possibility and hope and excitement and the future. And when you don't have that knocking at your door door all the time, you have to sit with yourself. And busyness, I feel like, is a way to distract us from pain. And so we live mm. in a society that's constantly busy, 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 go, 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 even in our relationships, because we don't want to sit with the voices in our head and go, oh, oh, shit, I don't know what we're allowed to say in this podcast. Um, we, no, you're allowed. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we really have to deal with the shit that we have not dealt with maybe our whole lives because this has never happened to us. We haven't been forced to slow down ever, really. That's not what we, really? that's not what we push in our society. It's like bigger, better, faster. Go, go, go. Don't stop. Burn out. Have more kids. But make sure when you have more kids, you're still being successful and be the woman who breastfeeds but also goes to work and makes six figures. I mean, I think the conversation is going to have to change. And I think that this quarantine has made us think, oh, how do I want to live my life now? And what am I doing wrong? And how can I change as a person to be better for myself and my family? Yeah, like I think we were put into a bit of a timeout, right? Like we were put into a bit of a timeout. And like to Roxy's point, like we're getting more creative. We're, we're It's still there. There's still a fuel in us, but it's still difficult. I, I mean, my day starts from traveling from my bedroom to my living room to my office. Not a lot of room for inspiration. So it's kind of, and, and to Tam's point, like our relationships too, like we're filled with distractions. I mean, how often do we at the end of the day actually just put our phones down, TV offs and have a conversation? Like we're, we're so driven by distraction that I do think that kind of like sitting with our thoughts for the first time, sitting with some of these fears, sitting with some of these ideas and these notions and this great unknown I think we kind of took for granted this lifestyle being everything being so guaranteed in this life. And I kind of have compared quarantine. I don't know if you guys are late to this, but I compare it to kind of like being put in a washing machine. Like we went in with a whole lot of dirt and the only way to get that dirt out, like if you look, if you ever watch like how a washing machine works, it works by agitation. It works by like pushing things against each other and slamming against the walls. And so I've been kind of using that as like my, my analogy for how I've been feeling is like, this doesn't exactly always feel good. We're being put into this machine with all of this dirt we 
we've carried for so long and been so distracted from, we're being put into a machine, but I do think we're going to come out better. Like, do you think we're going to come out better from this? You know, I hope that we do. Um, I was just going back to your point a little bit um, on the introspection and like looking into ourselves. I think it's also forced mm-hmm. us to look at our relationships, particularly our relationships with our partners. You, Roxy, I'm done. So So I was going to say, you know, it just, it's been really, I don't don't know if you gals feel the same way too, but it's been like a little bit tricky for us to sort of navigate because he and I, you know, he goes to work every day, even though I work Mm -hmm. from home, you know, I'm doing my thing. He's out doing his thing. And now we don't have that moment of time to like be able to take that break and go away from each other and then come back and feel like, you know, this is what's happened in my yes. day. This is what's happened in my yes. day. So I feel like to your point about like being thrown in a washing machine, I definitely feel like I was thrown in a washing machine because yeah. my whole life has been turned upside down in that way, you know? And I, I found that I am a person that needs a little bit of a break like that. You know, I need to have that space with my partner, you know, and it's, it's tricky, right? Do you feel the same? Well, I feel like my marriage and my relationship has always been me being busy. So I've been traveling. I've been doing all these things. I've been used to kind of flowing in. He's at work. We come home. We catch up. We have stories to tell. But I will say as somebody who's existed in different types of relationships, I can't help but think like we had a lot of days really early on where we just kept thinking, what if this had happened when we were with so-and-so or what, right, what would right. happen when we were in this situation? And really just sitting and being like, thank God we like each other and thank God we're safe. Like, thank God we're in this circumstance and recognizing that a lot of people, all their distractions being gone are now having to face that this might not be that great for them. And, or also to like, to your point, Roxy, I also need a lot of alone time too. I I really thrive on being alone. And my husband's a very much like when we first got married, he was like, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And he's like, okay, I'm right behind you. And I was like, me. Like, why, why are you doing that? I'm right here. Why wouldn't you sleep in bed with me? Why aren't you holding me? I know. And I, I had to adjust to like what that was like to be in a partnership and create my own boundaries of spaces. And for me, like I've just figured out different ways of doing it. And it, it could be as simple as like going for a drive by myself or just like, going and working out and doing something like on my own for a little bit and just like creating those spots of independence within a relationship where you're both at home now, because I think they're equally important. And I think for my, my husband, like I shouldn't say, thankfully he he's working at home and he's here. He's in a, he's in a nine to five position. So he has an end of the day time and we kind of conferred converged together as a family again, but it's been like, there's not a lot of like life updates. It's like, you both are kind of just like, like here we are at the end of the day we kind of got big into animal crossing i don't know if you've gone into that threshold yet but the game of animal crossing oh, that. Did you adopt animals yeah. during yeah. this? That's what I got pregnant did. and you adopt. Oh, I didn't want to get pregnant. So I decided to have more animals. Her plate seems a little empty. We got to just make sure oh, there's a lot on top. <laughs> animal crossing is this game. So my daughter was like talking about it like crazy and it's on like Nintendo switch. And she was like, Oh, like it's just, you go on this Island and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, but it looks kind of interesting. Can I play it for two minutes? So I play it. And basically you get put onto this Island. You have no money of nothing with you. And there's this raccoon there. And he's like, Oh, Hey, like I see what's up. You're on my Island would you like to stay here? And you're like, okay, okay. Like, yeah, I'll stay on this island. And he's like, all right, well, here's a tent. You owe me $5,000 for that tent. Don't worry, no rush. Fish, catch some bugs, pay it off, come back to me. 
you can pay off this tent. So you're like, all right. So then all of a sudden you're going and like catching animals and or catching bugs and, and fishing and you bring them and you sell them. And then he's like, amazing. You've paid off your debts. But don't, wouldn't you like to upgrade that tent to a house? And you're like, yeah, I would like to upgrade that tent to a house. And then he's like, okay, for $150,000, you can get this home. And you're like, okay. So then it just keeps going until you're $2 million in debt, which is where I was. But essentially you are working every day in this make-believe world to like, and you get like the animal thing is because your neighbors are all different characters of animals, but you create like a whole island of yourself. So my husband and I have our separate switches, <laughs> but we visit each other's islands. Shit you do in quarantine. <laughs> yes. First edition. Yes. So it plays like it for real, like wanting more and more. and more. Yeah. And so you can do it with friends. Like I've been visiting with friends and I'm like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever done in my life. But yeah, it makes me feel good because I feel like I'm in a different world. And it's so fun. I feel like, so at the end of the day, we're both so like, I feel like we're a little brain dead to the world yeah. and You're to everything numb, and to right? all this it's information. So much, so much information. Is so we, so, so we sit down and we're like, cause you can play the stock market within the game, but it's turnips. Like you buy and sell turnips. <laughs> and so you're like, what are your, what are your Island prices today? I might hop over to your Island and sell my turnips. So that's, that's literally where our relationship has gone now. And my husband's a much better gamer. He can sit there and like forage for like so long. So his Island's getting a little bit better than mine, but yeah, like, And then, of course, like also getting pregnant on quarantine was the other thing we did in our spare time. When did you get pregnant? In the beginning of quarantine or were you pregnant before? No, I got pregnant. um, You know, the date, time, exactly what you were wearing, what you were listening to and what position, please. (laughs) Our journey through this has been like quite a thing because we have been debating whether or not we would have our own child together because he doesn't really have this like inherent need for his own child. I've got three kids. We kind of are living in like a really, I've been so busy. Even the idea of like slowing down to have a baby was just not on my radar. So I was like, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know. And then when quarantine happened, we're all at home a little bit more. And I really just started to feel like maybe I was the one holding us all back from this. And and really sitting with that a little bit more. And then I watched the episode where Jim and Pam have a baby and I sobbed and I was like, okay, like maybe we need to go for this. And then, so that was like in March and I feel bad because I don't want to like, I understand for a lot of people, like they have a really long fertility journey. And Mm -hmm. for me, the thing is I was so controlling of my fertility that I was like, I'm not even handing up a little tiny bit of it. So I was saying to Tam earlier, like I I knew the window and I was like, I'm holding on to 95% control and I will give fate a 5% window. So here's your 5% window fate. If this is meant to happen, it's going to happen. And if not, it's not. And so we said that we would kind of see and we would never really go down the road because I honestly, I don't think, I think deep down, I really wanted a baby and I was really afraid to want it and then not be able. I was emotionally protecting myself. So I was preferring to be like, oh no, like the odds are just low. Like I would never have to think about it or go down that path. Like, I just don't think I was ready to take that on. And which is why I have so much respect for the infertility community, because like, it's a lot when you feel like it's a choice for yourself and then it's ripped from you. And I knew being in my mid thirties, this might be ripped from me. So I just kind of went with, we, here's a 5% chance day. Let's give her a go. And, uh, we, we had that for a couple months and, and then I definitely didn't think it was going to happen, but off, off it went on mother's day. I peed on a stick. Cause I thought it was funny to pee on a stick on mother's day and it went positive. So that's what we did in quarantine. And then it got really like, 
I, I don't know about you guys, but like at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, wow, we can drink every night. Like I haven't drink- it was a bit of a January, party. January 1st, I was like, I'm not going to drink anymore because this is the yeah. year. I'm not a big drinker, but I thought this is okay. really healthy. I'm going to stop drinking. So I stopped drinking on January 1st. I'm like, I haven't, girl, drank, I haven't <laughs> drank in seven months now, but it also made me realize, because I'm not a big drinker, how we use alcohol as a as a drug that we're okay with and we've made socially Mm -hmm. acceptable when it comes to motherhood. That is something I didn't realize that now I'm at parties. It's like, well, you're a mom, you must be tired. Here's a drink. Oh, you're stressed. Here's a drink. Instead of figuring out our emotions and being able to deal with our emotions and trying to change them to become better, we use alcohol as a crux when we're stressed or tired or anxious or grief stricken or whatever it is, we use it. I'm not anti-alcohol. I definitely will drink again. There's a totally different thing about coming home, celebrating, you know, a birthday, having a glass of wine and there's another thing when we use it as a conversation and the narrative when it comes to moms and women when it's like oh it's wine o'clock you know you know all day rosé mom like all that kind of stuff and I started drinking more as a mom after my first kid because I couldn't cope I didn't have the tools to be able to cope through therapy, um, through community, um, through learning my own behavior so I used alcohol as a way to de-stress instead of using it as a way to celebrate. And I think alcohol definitely needs to be a conversation that more women talk about. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think it wasn't until I actually podcasted with Alexis Haynes, who um, speaks on sobriety a lot. And she said like, look how much motherhood is, ro- is evolved around, like oh, revolves yeah, around drinking. alcohol yeah. all the time. And it's like really, it's, it's really eye opening. I think, especially like suddenly going from, oh my gosh, I can have drinks every day to like finding out I was pregnant and being like, oh, what? And I realized how much even our quarantine time and quarantine life had been structured around the ability to drink and just cope in that way. And suddenly having to sit with, no, you can't do that anymore. And realizing that I wasn't just drinking for fun. I definitely was doing it as a method to kind of detox my way or kind of numb out from the day. And I have a friend who's big on like, identifying like your numbers and seeing like for some people, they'll just like go into watching a TV show or something like that instead of actually like unpacking the day, just going into like what numbs them out. But Roxy, for you, what have you been like in terms of how you've been doing and like coping and stuff like that? Has anything changed for you in your life? I think that, you know, for me, like actually going back to the alcohol point, um, Tamna and I have talked about this too on the, on our podcast. Um, for me, I use alcohol more as like a, um, and even in quarantine, more for fun. Yeah, more for fun. Yeah, and I yeah. just, you know, for me, it's like I, I can sort of see my line of like when I'm being productive and when I'm not. And I know like I can't drink every night. I can't expect to be productive the next day. So for 100%. me, yeah. So for me, I try to like save it up and I try to do it, you know, like on the weekend or when I know that like, you know, I don't have to do anything pressing like that crazy the next day, but I like it, you know, like when I'm out, you know, with a friend, I mean, well now I'm quarantined, you know, out the friend means with my husband sitting on the couch, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but you know, like I, you know, it's fun sometimes to crack open a bottle of wine and like have a hundred percent. You know? Yeah. 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 But it's true. You can't, I feel like you can't use it as, um, sort of the only thing you have to cope, you know, it's like, you really had to get in there and figure out mentally, like what is going on and emotionally what is going on. And, you know, for me, and um, another thing we've talked about is therapy on our podcast. I think for me too, 
what I've been missing this quarantine is therapy. Like I want to go back into that and like really kind of take really therapy though. Like not just online. Yeah. Real therapy, like talking one-on-one with somebody, like really getting down to the heart of it. And I think too, for my relationship, it would also be helpful because, you know, we are thrust into this whole totally different world. You know, you can't just. This isn't you know, the marriage we necessarily right. find out for. It's different. And the homeschooling. Ugh. And the kids oh not going back to school. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainties and a lot of unknowns. But I love that you guys have kind of created this little bit of a bubble community within Women on Top. And like you guys have had some incredible guests on it. I have to ask you, like, who's been like your favorite guests and would have been like your most surprising episodes well, you because you've had like you of course yeah you you actually oh, are one like one yes. if not my favorite episode that we've ever done just because of your honesty and Aww. your perspective and your intelligence um Kristen Chenoweth was amazing just because oh I I'm love so jealous so of that so one. I think that she was just a fan just, thing the fact that she that was so cool she came on and she was just like I love you guys so much I listened to the show we're like you listen to I think that was just a little bit of a pinch me moment. And then I don't know about Roxy, but we had um, someone from Pretty Little Liars, Ian Harding, who plays uh, Ezra. He was so fucking funny. I actually peed. I swear, I peed a little. He talked about pooping in a bag. and he's, I, I just, I can't get that story out of my head. And like, I, I actually was in so much pain because I laughed so hard. And it's our biggest uh, rated <laughs> episode yet. So who knew that pooping in a bag would get so much attention? Oh <laughs> my gosh. That's hilarious. Roxy, what about you? What have you been, what's your like big memory one? So I love to, we've had a lot of great women come on the show, such as yourself. Um, and I love when we had that connection with other women, particularly other moms, right? Because we're all in it together. It doesn't matter if you're like on a top rated show or if you've won this award or everyone is struggling. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everyone is struggling. So a couple of my favorites have been Sasha Alexander, you know, who was on Rizzoli Mouse. who was amazing. Uh, A good friend of mine, Tracy Tudor, who came on the show was on million dollar listing LA. It's like when people can be really real and just break it down, that makes it just, it makes for such a better episode. And I think the audience connects with it so much more and they can see that just because you're famous doesn't mean you don't struggle. You know, or and also experts. I loved Rux and I had some really great. We had a race relations expert come on when the Black Lives Matter um, was hitting its pinnacle, and just so we could understand where we stand in history and how we can do better and how Mm -hmm, we can use our mm -hmm. platforms to help because you know the answer is not saying we don't know what to do. The answer is saying we don't know what to do, but we're gonna do something. In, in a forward movement in some way. Yes. Um, yes. So we just, we, it, there's a lot of episodes where, you know, Roxy and I love to talk and make jokes, but a lot of episodes with these experts where we just got to sit back and listen and, you know, learn how to become better people and more empathetic people and more understanding mothers. And, you know, we had this amazing doctor um, who was a child psychiatrist who came on who talked about like how the quarantine is really affecting our children and, 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 tips that we can do. So, you know, for us, it's that connection, but it's also about growing and how we can grow through the people we talk to and how that can better ourselves as women, as humans and as mothers. So I think that's important to us too. 
I think that's kind of the thing with podcasts that we haven't really ever experienced before is it's like within all the distractions and everything in life, podcasts seem like this one time where we either get to just escape with laughter and community and people who kind of have gone through similar things or to sit and learn. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I've been more educated and more advanced in emotional intelligence by listening to podcasts than I have in like decades of books and reading and research and not that I've done a ton of that, but realistically, I feel like I'm learning so much through the fact that there's so many people with so many stories and there's like these weird little connectors. Like we're when we talk about celebrities and stuff, we're in this age where now we have access to them. I grew up just watching people on magazines and, and you know, when online stuff happened, it, it was there. But now we actually have tangible contact with them. We're seeing and experiencing them as real live human beings and seeing them in entirely new contexts. And then to see them come onto podcasts and share their stories. I just think we're in a different, it's not the same like press junkets where it's like the same interviews and stuff. We're talking about raw, real conversations. And I feel like as somebody who like, I'm just like a regular kind of girl. And then I've kind of been thrust into having a platform and growing it. And then kind of getting into these spaces where you start to interact with like, quote unquote, celebrities. There's my biggest takeaway is everyone's human. Like everyone's fucking human. Everyone has like these same hurts and hangups, these similar types of stories, like human connection wise, while yes, there is like a myriad of different types of privileges and opportunities that some people have more than others or finances or time or whatever that is, there are still these bottom line things that make us all human and make us all kind of like weaved in this life together. So I kind of love that your podcast does both. Like it really weaves in both. As my six-year-old would say, everybody poops. Yeah, exactly. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. And that's a butt Sometimes in a bag. I'm going to have to listen to that. Freaking poop much longer than. Yes. 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 I have a. I think it's a conspiracy how long they're pooping, and I think it's apps. I think they have an absolute fucking privilege that they get to poop that long. I have. I have existed in a body that needs to poop on demand and have at all times. On top of the last time I pooped, my child was on my lap. Literally on my lap. And then I was trying to teach my other one to read who, that she was sitting in our bidet. She literally was sitting in the bidet. And I was just like, everyone poops. I think also what you were going back to, though, about being honest, I think people have, they're burnt out on the bullshit. You know what I mean? They're burnt yeah. out on the bullshit and the fake. That's why you do so well. And the face tunes and the, and the filters and, and, and the highlight reels. I think we all... Do you feel good when you watch someone else's highlight reel? You just kind of think about how the grass is always greener on somebody else's uh, else's side and how you're a failure and you're not enough. Really do try not to face tune anymore because I think about my audience and their young girls and how if I'm going around going, I have no blemishes or spots or whatever, you know, but it's hard not to do that stuff and hard not to use the filters because of all the noise we've had from everything else. But people are over it. People are over it as somebody who's had these massive ebbs and flows in success and careers, how have you kept yourself from needing this validation from going from big ticket stuff to just living normal life or maybe struggling and kind of coming and ebbing and through that? How do you keep yourself from needing that constant validation or checking yourself on that, on that, you know, success level? I still need and I think a lot of people do. I still need that validation. And I'm yep, not, I think that's and honest. I'm not proud of it. 
I'm not proud of it. No, I'm but I think that's real. That I post something and I want it to do well. I'm not proud that when I post a TikTok, I want it to do well. Then I have to ask myself, do I want it to do well because I spend a lot of time into it and I want to connect with people? Probably. I wrote this one piece and I did want it to do well, not because I cared about how many likes it had, but I wanted people to read it. And if they don't yes, read yes. it, it's like, what's the point of all the work that you've done? So I don't know if it's like validation. Like if they think I'm pretty, I'm going to feel pretty. That's not it. It's just like, I want my work to be validated Yes, because we live, yes. especially in my job, we live in a world where all I, like in the entertainment industry, all you hear is no. And you want one person to fucking say yes, because if one person mm-hmm, says yes, mm-hmm. then your talent is worthy and you need a person to say yes so that you can continue doing what you love to do. So I feel like validation for me is something that harkens back to when I grew up and having validation at 15 years old. And that validation made me shape the person that I was back at 15. So I've spent a lot of time trying to unwrap all those pieces and trying to dig down to like why I need it. Now you were talking about therapy, therapy helps, but when you're not in therapy Mm. and you don't have access to that and you're not changing your thought processes, you're like, why do I still need other people. But the funny thing is when you have that validation and you have like a hundred thousand likes or 10,000, does it even change the way you feel? No, because the way you validate yourself is internal. But going back to like what Roxy and I were talking about on your podcast, separation of brand and self. And when you're running a business in any business, when you do something, you go and you look at the sales numbers, you go and you look yeah, at how successful it, it was successful, and not. They yeah. measure. So I yeah. think there is a little, there's a, there's a bit of like contextual measurement of what your work is doing and validating, is this even connecting with the audience that I'm building upon, that I'm serving, this business that I'm building? And also, is this validating me as a person or is this validating my work? Because I definitely think I was somebody who shifted from needing to be validated as a human being to now like I'm the same way. I still care if my posts do well because it validates that it did something important, that it connected with people, that I did something right within the work that I'm doing. It doesn't change my personal self-worth, but it certainly feels good. Just like if you had in a normal sales job, if you had a really good sales day, that means you did something really good that day. That means that you were on your game and you did that. I think the difference for us is that our businesses are us. So yeah, exactly. it's, every, it's the person that we are. It's all about what we do. It's all about how we look. You know, it's image related. And in our industry, in entertainment or influencers, it can be so cool because somebody can look at you and just be like, no, you're not pretty enough. Or no, you're not this. You're not that. You're too short. You're too fat, whatever. And it's like, you don't suit our mold. Right. And it just, it comes back to like us, like to us as a person, to the way we look like, so it's like even more cruel in some ways, like the industry Mm -hmm. that we're working in. Yeah, I agree. And it's like being able to like separate yourself and to know, I know for me, like, for example, Obviously, what I put up on social media is authentically who I am, but I also have to take a step back and say, I am not, that's not all who I am. You know, I, I, I have to be able to put a sort of like a separation in there because if you start listening and believing everything that anybody says or that comments, you know, matches, messages you, it, it's bad for your psyche. You know, it's like, it's not totally, healthy, you know, for your mental and emotional state it carries out in your life. So it's like, it's important to also like put that barrier up too. I think what's scary. I think is what Roxy was saying as well, is that our money is based on us. I think women, you know, influencers don't talk about that. They're like, cause I think people go, well, you shouldn't be making money from being an influencer. And you're like, well, I spend 
24 seven on my job. Like if you spend this much time on something, you should be paid for it. Now, if you're not getting good engagement and you're not getting comments and you're not getting likes and you're not getting paid and no one wants to talk about that because women, it's so hard for women to actually say, I like to make money. I like to support Mm, myself. I like to support my children. I like to actually wake up in the morning and be able to put food on the table. We're not allowed to say that yet. I don't feel women can't say, I like money. I want to make money. And why can't we? Why can't a man go to a job and want to make a better salary? And why can't we, no matter if our job is an influencer or our job, I had a friend say, well, you know, you shouldn't make good money as an influencer because like, it's not a real job. And it's like, no, if you're spending just as much time doing something that takes it away from your kids and your husbands, why shouldn't you be remunerated for it? Mm -hmm. And why can't Mm -hmm. we say it's okay to make money? Is it because people say, well, this is you. So why should you be able to get money from something that is like, we want to believe you. Why should you make money from that? So it's an interesting conversation to have. And influencers are allowed to make money to continue creating content for their audiences. You know, yes, and 100%. That, it's a way to support that. And I think that's what a lot of people see is that, oh, if you just create content, you get paid for it. And it's like, actually, I create content 95% of the time for free. Yeah, that exactly. 5% allows me yes, to do exactly. it. It allows me to be here. It allows me to do this work. But I think you're right. I think there's something about we still haven't gotten to a point in our day and age. And I think as women, especially from women to women, we struggle with seeing women make money because there's something ingrained in us that still feels like it's something to apologize for. It's something to feel guilty about. If you go and you research like the equality pay gaps, it's not between men and women. It's actually between men and mothers because men are revered for being providers while women are told to like not have images of their kids up in their office and in their jobs because it's shown as motherhood being a weakness, as being this thing. So as society, we are still struggling to support women. And let's not even let it be mothers. Like, let's say any woman, like we're really still struggling to support a woman, especially young women who maybe made, like climbed the ranks on social media by doing things that seem so easy from the outside looking in that we just are like, well, I don't really think that they deserve that. Forgetting that it's it's actually a huge, it's still a massive job. And like we said, it's your entire life. Like there is no separation between self and business. So it's like creating these boundaries, but also supporting her, even if it seems like something real. I actually went to my stories today and was explaining. So yesterday I said about how I took the day off work and I realized I was really over justifying it. I was like, oh, I had to take the day off because this, that, that. And then I was like, you know what? I really don't have to justify my time, like how I'm spending my time. And like, my time is like my own. I should have authority over that. And then a lot of people were like, well, what do you do for your job? Like, what does that even really look like? Like, how do you, how do you do this? And so I actually sat down and I broke out what my days look like and how many hours are spent in a week. And I was like, no, this is a full-time job. And then some, but it's still, it's one of those things that people can so easily see, oh, that must be such an easy job. That must be so fun. And I'm like, I love what I do, but to, to break it down to just being so easy, it's like, 
anybody could do it or just negating like the, like, look at you, Tamin, and having like this career or Roxy, like building up, like faking it till you make it. Like there's a lot of the years of context before you ever really get there that people aren't willing to kind of, it's like when we see a hairdresser who charges $500 for a haircut and you're like, how dare you? How dare you charge $500 for that haircut? Forgetting maybe the 20 years experience and that really good edge they have on everybody else that makes it valuable enough to pay that $500. And the fact is in this industry, it is driven on engagement, is driven on, you know, creating really relatable content because if you don't get that ROI for that brand, that return on investment, you're not getting booked again. They're not going to support you again. And that support runs out. So it is important to kind of be a really good, strong, trusted voice that people are actually willing to invest in the things that you talk about because you have such strong ethics behind it that you've built it up in such a way where you're almost, you're like, this is, I'm not doing this to appease a brand. I'm doing this to, you know, do what I do, what I love to do for free and have it by the support of a brand that comes alongside the ethics that we have going here. So I love that you kind of put that into context there, but guys, we could do this forever. I said it was a 30 minute podcast. We're like an hour in. It's an hour in. We've been speaking for two and a half hours, by the way. I know, but it this never has gets been old. our whole day. I love it. You know, <laughs> this time. Or I'm pregnant. Could have had a baby. Let's be real. Could have had a baby. In 10 minutes. I mean, five minutes, four minutes, maybe two and a half. Who knows that you did? We didn't. Honestly, I don't want to set the timer on that one. I have one of those, like, I have one of those, like, toys that's like the clitoris, like, suction one. Yeah, it's like two seconds. I don't last five seconds anymore. I'm just like, whoop, we're done. Like, literally, we go to bed and it's just like, oh, do you want to have sex? Okay, sure. And then I, I honestly think the ad hasn't even been over. It's like an ad break. I think we're done. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have fucking time. I I love a quickie. People underestimate traditionally when we talk about a quickie, we talk about it like the guy's just getting off and it's done. But now we have toys that work for us. And so a quickie is like a really great, efficient use of time without yeah. draining our energy yeah. with the capacity that we have getting her done and getting a good night's sleep. So burn it off though. Don't you, uh, don't you Roxy? I don't yeah, even like burn the battery. You haven't even, I've seen you naked, but I don't know about your toys. You <laughs> I know the toy. I'm so glad we're talking about this because we should be able to talk about our toys. You know, it's like, hundred percent. Right? I know it's like, for mine always doesn't have batteries. And I'm going yeah. to be like to my husband, hey, baby, can you just get the bunny rabbit? Why do you have a charging one? You need a rechargeable one. one. Yeah. Roxy, what do you use? What's your top te- sex toy? This is going to be our last yes. interview oh question. God, yes. So good. Uh, my husband years ago, and this is another reason why I knew he was the one for me. Is we, I think it was the first year we got married. He bought me one of those. I think it's Jimmy James is the name. It's like a solid gold vibrator. And it's just like little, but super, you can take it with you. I mean, it's great. And it's like, he knew. It was like kind of fancy. <laughs> She'll be in an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't mind me, anyone. Anyone in my room? Um, yeah. <laughs> it literally, I was like, and I was like, you are so cool that you thought enough to be like, you know what, babe, I'm not, you know, threatened by this sex toy here. Have it like do your thing. You yeah. Know? Cause a lot of Save men, us both some time. I feel like a lot of men are like kind of threatened by sex toys. You know, they're like, it's like competition. My husband's like, thank God. <laughs> Take the pressure off. He's like, it's a night off for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so those always come in handy. How about you guys? So you're a classic vibrator classic, girl. Classic vibrator. All right. Classic. 
I'll take Tamin, it. give it to me. What I is honestly it? Honestly, don't use. I have toys. I like my. There's a. There's a black. We've actually never talked about this. You're, you're out first, oh actually, God, which is crazy because we talk about everything. I have this black one that's really old that does need batteries. It's not one of the new ones. It's the only thing that's worked for me because I do feel like it burns everything off. And then I'm like desensitized. So then like when it doesn't happen, then I've got to like work really hard. And then I just can't. And then I give up. But I do have this pink one. this like big pink one. But I just, I honestly don't use them because I hate me and like me saying this. The sex is so good. And he and I fit so well that. Yeah, that is just great. Honestly, like if I could just have that. Yeah. And we're good. Yeah. So, and that's fair why enough. We, we try to have sex as much as we can. I would like it more. Um, but it's still, it's still a couple times a week. That's so like me. I want it all the time right now. But no, you guys have got to try the ones that like have the little air pulsers. It just goes on your clitoris. Can you send and it's me like a link? Little- <laughs> I will drop you the link. There's two different ones. There's one by plus one that I love. And the other one is the Satisfier Pro 2. But they are like, I actually sent one to my neighbor and like, I was like, I just need to talk to you about it. I just need you to have it so we can have a conversation about it. It means a lot to me that people will experience it so that we can have these conversations because I think that it's like so nice that we can own that now and not rely on somebody else for our pleasure and also be able to invite it in the room with non-threatened male egos. I need to try this because I'm a big fan of the um, jets too. Like, so that kind of sounds like you have the jets persuasion, you know? It's going to change your life. It's going to Amazon Prime to your house tomorrow and we're going to be good to go. (laughs) All right, everybody. Okay, let's- Wait, let's get (laughs) girls. Okay. Uh, we'll do that after. But thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank tell everyone you. where they can find you. Where can everyone find You're you? At Women on Top Official on Instagram and Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. <laughs> I always get this wrong. <laughs> and I'm uh, you can- it's like question mark. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can also find me at Red Carpet Roxy with a Y on all social media. It's Tamman. And you can find me at Tamman's Bursock. I love it. Guys, thank you so much. This was a fun little powwow shit show hour. And I love you so much for doing this with me. And uh, to everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Check out their podcast. We'll have everything in the show notes and we will be back next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.